excited to be here today with Ova. Oh, Ova. Welcome, everyone, to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations, including all the topics you are too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Linda Schwartz, and I am so excited to have a very special guest joining us today, Ova Salpeng, who is an actor, teaching artist, associate artistic director, and producer at Teyada Productions. Ova, what up? What's good? Sabaydi, sabaydi, Linda. Oi, makakno. Henna, henna, So wonderful to be here on the radio show here. Oh my goodness. This podcast is just so amazing. What a way to uplift Asian American voices, right? Oh, I'm so excited to have you. You know, I was just telling Chrisada, we just had him on the show recently. And, um, you know, I really wanted to start amplifying Lao American voices. Actually, you and I had this conversation just recently. And um, of course, you know, you're one of the first guests that we have come on. And, and I just wanted to say, number one, thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to have you. And, you know, when I was thinking about our relationship and how we came to know each other, I was really struck by just how open and loving and creative you are. Like you just fully embody that Lao spirit. Um, can <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so energizing. And um, I want to know, Tell me, tell me a little bit about your origin story, like how you, were you born here or in Laos or what, what's your story? Oh boy, I got many origin stories. <laughs> but let me start with, I was born in Laos and specifically Southern Laos in Savannah Kid. And, um, and I was specifically born in Seno. And I grew up there until I was about five or six years old. And when the war had broken out in Myung Lao, in Laos, and uh, Laos was pulled into the Vietnam War era. And so because of that, my family had to leave after the takeover in 1979, and so be or 75, excuse me. And because of that, um, we crossed and escaped the, um, across to Thailand, spent time in a refugee camp for about a year. And then after that, we uh, arrived. Of all places, Honolulu, Hawaii was where we yes. settled. And so we were fortunate to be able to end up in the state of Hawaii. And that's kind of my origin story. And from there was where I felt, you know, in terms of my sensibilities, in terms of my creative life, began. Um, because that's where theater found me and I found theater and the performing arts. Mm. Yeah, let's talk more a little bit about that. Like. How exactly did it find you? I was a very loud, loud kid. Nuh-uh. <laughs> yes, Nuh -uh, I was. for real? <laughs> I couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, you could tell, right? And, you know, the, the, the great thing about life uh, is that when there are people in your life that guide you and direct you and see the potential in you and... My journey into the theater was because of a social studies teacher in seventh grade. And her name was Mrs. Watanabe. And she said, Mr. Salpeng, I want you to report to the cafeteria after school today. 
and I, and being a good student that I was, I went after school and there was this company called T-Shirt Theater. And I was basically there for an audition. I didn't even know it was an audition. I didn't know what the word audition meant at that time. But I was trying out for this performing arts theater company that was at the local high school. And through being a part of that, um, the teachers there asked me, okay, say these words and express them in a sad way, <laughs> in a happy way, <laughs> in a silly way. <laughs> and I, I, I just was so expressive and I found this power in self-expression through doing this work with this company. And that led me to pursuing uh, my life and my work in theater. And so that's kind of my journey in the performing arts and how I started. And, you know, I have to say being Lao, we, we're storytellers. So it comes from actually ancestry. It comes from our roots. We actually have a wonderful oral tradition of, of storytelling. And on my particular family, my mother is an amazing storyteller. And she tells so many wonderful stories. And actually, as I think about it now, my dad was a wonderful storyteller. He would weave tales from about old Laos and about uh, giants and, and, and just mythical stories. And so that, I think, fed me and nourished me in terms of applying those storytelling aspects into my performing arts. And, and so that's how I ended up pursuing acting. That's incredible. So, um, so tell us a little bit about that, like that whole journey from the time that theater found you through an impromptu audition that you didn't know about to mm -hmm. now you are, you have your own theater company, don't you? That's right. That's right. So that journey is a long journey. Um, and it started off because what happened was that after high school, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that arts was a place that nourished me. And so I pursued a career in theater arts and I moved to Los Angeles. I came here and attended the University of Southern California in the School of Theater. And there I found that my voice was important, my presence was important in terms of diversity, in terms of representation. I was the only Lao American student, you know, in the School of Theater. I was actually one of three Lao students at the University of Southern California during my years wow. there. So you can see how the importance of representation, the importance of figuring out who you are and what you are, right? And so that's for me, my place and my role as this person from Laos, as someone who has this cultural identity. And I have to say, I'm also, it is layered. It's not just my Lao roots, it is also my Hawaii roots. Because Hawaii culturally has also influenced me and really uh, given me a foundation that I feel has given me confidence in the my my career and the the opportunities that have led me to do what I do in connecting with Tierra Productions my wife and partner Leilani Chan who is the founding artistic director and we are the dynamic duo that leads this arts organization Tierra uh, she's also from Hawaii and she also moved here to the mainland to California and so that's something i think that that commonality and that that 
I call it magic, but I think it's destiny because I think we were meant to be. And I believe in that. I really believe in meant to be. I really believe that you were, you're prepared in, in, in the, however way that the universe prepares you to meet other people. And so with Tira, I was able to really give back to my community. Um, give back to and and still stay connected with my my roots in Hawaii and nationally be able to share who I am, the this energy that you talk about that I have, and also this sense of Laoness and um, in Lao it's we're we're known for being joyful and loving life, and similarly with Hawaii there is this sense of what in Hawaii is called the Aloha spirit which is a loving yes. spirit, which is a spirit that is welcoming. And so I carry that with me. And wherever I go, I'm always offering aloha. I'm always offering, you know, a sense of sabayness, you know, yes. but also really pushing people to really kind of, uh, you know, accept us and who, for who we are. And so that's, I think, for me, my, my journey in, in theater. And in, and in that journey, I was able to also experience like film and TV and do professional theater shows um, here in Los Angeles, as well as in Minnesota. I've worked with various different theater companies doing different roles. And, but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing about this episode and as about what we're talking about. There weren't that many roles for Lao Americans. There weren't many roles that dealt with Southeast Asians or even Lao. And so I would be playing other Asians, I was I would play a Chinese American, I would play a Japanese American, I would play a Korean American, but I never got to play a Lao American. And that journey for me in terms of self-discovery and realizing that within, you know, the world, the world sees you in one way, but you also if you don't see yourself in your own way, then how can you help shape that story, right? And so that's for me where I think my sense of uh, experience in the field has really given me a strong purpose to really elevate the refugee experience, the immigrant experience, and see how it can uh, connect with not just my culture, you know, uplifting my culture as a Lao American, but also to uplift other cultures like my fellow Southeast Asian Vietnamese and Khmer and uh, Hmong you know, and, and I'm learning. I'm learning from those communities as well. The Micronesian community, the Native Hawaiian community is very important to me. And so for me, that's the journey that theater has given me this opportunity to have a place and a field in which I am really helping to lead, you know, helping to lead and to really kind of open doors because there wasn't a door for me. There wasn't a door for me to be able to, to, you know, there were no examples. And so I became the example and I have started this, this trail and, and hopefully other people, and, and there have been, there have been, that's, that's what I'm really happy about right now. There is this trail that now has other uh, Lao American actors and, and artists and creatives that are now seeing and they're realizing, oh, hey, you know, I can do this. You know, and I don't know if we're going to go to another question, but this leads me into when we talk about trails of how arts and the creative, the, the performing arts specifically, to me, from what I've seen, hasn't been as valued. 
in terms of from our within our culture and our families. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love for you to say more about that. And, you know, I just also wanted to say that we don't know what we don't know because what we know comes from what we see. And because we yes. haven't had that much representation, it is such a breath of fresh air for us to see you. I mean, you're like, you are one of the pioneers of this movement <laughs> for us, you know, and that's why I'm so excited to have you because it's, it's, you know, and we've, we only met a few years ago. And even yes. then I, I remember thinking to myself, like, this is possible. This is possible for people like us, for Lao people. We met at the Lao Writer Summit. And that I don't even know how I got invited to that, first of all. Second of all, when I did get there, I felt still like such an outsider inside of my own community. But what that opened up for me, though, was that everything that I saw there, you specifically, made it possible for me to even try to reach for this other dream, right? I mean, yes, I'm a writer, I'm a comedian, you know, I'm doing all of these things. But it wasn't until that event that I really saw for myself what was possible. Mm. And it was so inspiring. And I mean, I still get chills. And I still think about it It was probably a crowning moment for me when I was invited to that, because I was like, who me like, (laughs) you know, so So, so exactly. And it, and it took that event to be like, yes, me. Yes. Yes. Because I always felt so alone in that territory of self-expression in a creative Mm. way, because we, we really have not had any, I mean, even now we have like one Lao American actress that has been on something really you know, like national and super successful, right? And she's gaining traction. And I love that. Like, I love that, that we finally have someone we can look up to. I mean, you know, of course, for me, you know, the person that I looked up to is Margaret Cho. She's Mm. still the only Asian American comedian that, that has really had that level of success. So you know, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm excited because you are paving the way for more Lao Americans to be fully self-expressed and to be okay with having creative leanings and creative urgings because it's so, you know, Laotian people, we really don't have any stereotypes about us, like in, in the realm of the collective consciousness, I think personally. So it's almost like Mm -hmm. a a clean slate for us. We can choose to be whatever we want because we haven't been so visible. Right. And I love that there's so many of us going into the creative arts and, and, and all of that. So, um, I mean, I'm just now, you know, but, um, I want to talk a little bit about the two shows that you have talk a little bit about refugee nation and masters of the current. Tell us about this. Wonderful. Yes. Refugee Nation and Masters of the Currents. So Refugee Nation and Masters of the Currents is, are, are both shows that were developed with different communities. Refugee Nation with the Lao American community. And um, as you had mentioned, the Lao Rider Summit. And um, I'm going to mention some of these other organizations that have been a big part of the development and that convergence to be able to develop a show like Refugee Nation. So Refugee Nation is a play that was developed by interviews and workshops with community members 
actually nationally. And this is where I started to what I call put on my Laudar and started to look for Lao people. <laughs> so I'm always like with my ear, I'm listening for like Lao, anything that has to do with that region or because again, you're talking about at a time where there weren't that many creatives, there weren't that many actors that I, that I knew of other than myself. And so when we started developing the play Refugee Nation, I, I would do interviews with elders. I would do interviews with young folks. And through various different organizations like Legacies of War, like Center for Laos Studies, and the conferences and the gatherings that they had, many of my peers, what I call my OGs, um, would come out and they were in academics and some of them were in the arts, in filmmaking. And actually, I'm going to do a shout out. Steve Arunsak, who is an amazing filmmaker and a professor, just won an amazing award of excellence um, with the CSU system. Um, just to say that it's been amazing to be able to connect with other Lao American leaders who yes. see... Their, their place. I mean, and when I say their place, I mean, understanding that we have our feet in both cultures, in both Lao culture, as well as American culture. Yeah, and understanding yeah. that, you know, there's progress, but there's also still within our communities, things that hold us back. I'll just mm -hmm. be honest. What, to a certain extent, what you're mentioning about feeling, you know, not belonging and, and isolating. I know a lot of other Lao Americans who feel that way. Because they're like, well, what is this Lao thing? I don't even know. It's a whole other country that I don't even know about, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up here or I was raised here, but I, I was never raised in that way. And so I think that having that sense of that, that spectrum of identity is really important. And to know, you know, how you want to engage with your, your culture and your community. And Refugee Nation was one of those plays that for me was a great exploration in learning why we are here as Lao Americans, okay? And for mm -hmm. many of us, it's because we're refugees. We're refugees from a war. And to see that within this play, I learned a lot of, of themes about post-traumatic stress disorder. I learned mm -hmm. about the, other, the first generation who came here as victims of war, you know? And so they're struggling to assimilate to a country that they, it's not home for them, you know? But they have to accept it as home and here they are and so you know you're thrown from a southeast asian country to minnesota to south dakota you know to idaho where yeah, we ended you, up you, in savannah there you go savannah, georgia in georgia so imagine you know uh, a, a family that i mean i i think about it now and i'm going to make it current because we're talking right now i am actually a part of a team that's helping afghan refugees uh, currently right now and it is just so beautiful to be able to have a sense of understanding and also to be able to give back because i i yeah. know i i just saw the family uh two weeks ago and when i saw them it resonated with me because i, I was like their kid i was like their kid who was the oldest boy who's like dealing with trying to help his family adjust to this country you know and they're just recently mm -hmm. arrived so I understand that. Mm -hmm. And so Refugee Nation is about that. It's a, it's a very Lao-centric play, but it has very universal human themes. And so I think what's beautiful about this play is that it really uplifts the Lao culture and identity and all its complexities. But also 
it teaches other people like about this community as well as it connects with other communities because there are you know the, the Vietnamese and and Cambodian have similar experiences not exactly the same but similar you know mm-hmm. uh, adjusting to this country is an immigrant story right and so that's what refugee nation is about and it follows kind of three different characters one's a mother one's a father and then a son and they're all based off of real people and so that's refugee nation yeah. and it's it, it toured nationally um, and we got to share it. And doing the show, what was wonderful was that I got to meet all these other Lao folks. And, and so to talk about how spread and diverse we are <laughs> in terms of the U.S., there's Lao in Alaska. There's Lao people yeah. in Idaho. There's Lao people. I mean, in every state, there's a small, at least a small Lao contingent. Mm-hmm. And so just to say that that's kind of how our journey has been. And I think part of the fragmentation of our community is part, I think, of why it's been challenging for us to have role models, for us to, to, to have this sense of unity. So that's Refugee Nation. Similarly, because of my connection to Hawaii, Masters of the Currents came up because I was curious about the Micronesian community. I would go back to Hawaii regularly because my mom is still there and family. And when we visited in my neighborhood, there were new people in my neighborhood, different people I never knew. I was like, and I heard, I was trying to listen, you know, I was like, my Laudar, I pulled out my Laudar on, it wasn't Laudar. I pulled out my Indonesian, <laughs> no, it wasn't Indonesian. I pulled out my Tagalog or Visayan or, you know, Filipino, that, it wasn't that. I was like, what is this language that they're talking? So I, so again, being who I am, I approached one of them and I asked them, where are they from? And they mentioned the Marshall Islands. I was like, Marshall Islands, where's that? You know, and that was, the the um, spark that began this journey of learning about this new community. And it is the Micronesian community from the region of Micronesia, which is just a plethora of many different um, island nations and island identities. So in a sense, each island is almost like an ethnic group. And so when they came here to the U.S., and there are, many of them are climate refugees, economic refugees, because their their nations have a relationship with the U.S. government. And so similarly, the Micronesians in Hawaii, and even right now, are still struggling with basically, they're, they're, being, um, they're being scapegoated. There's a lot of racism against them in Hawaii. And so it's interesting to me because there's all these immigrant waves that have been settled in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and then they're looking down at these new people. I'm like, what's going on here? And so that is Masters of the Currents. And what I love about Masters of the Currents is how it really taps into our cultural roots and the Micronesian cultural roots and realizing that they are ocean navigators. I mean, that this community, mm-hmm. the ocean is their highway. Think about it that way, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. so for them to come here to this country and look at the land is very different. And so to say that there's so much knowledge and so much beauty in their cultures, but this culture here, American culture, has to understand and accept, you know, their culture. They're coming from the, the community we work with primarily are the Chukis community. And it, they, they also, the, the Chukis community is matrilineal. And so because of that, power and land is passed on to the mother side of the family. So now you mm. come here to America and it's all patriarchal society, right? I mean, the, the mm. men are the 
seen as the most powerful or at least the, the ones who make the decisions. And so, so many adjustments. Um, so just to say that my refugee experience as a Lao American really resonated with the Micronesian community. And so that's kind of what uh, Mashes the Currents is about. And it's about three youth who learn to find out about their roots and who they are and hopefully find a sense of pride and navigate really the, the, the worlds, the worlds between living here and also, you know, connecting to your roots. Oh, I love that. I mean, you know, the one thing that I really just got out of your sharing that was just how deeply connected you are to number one, your story, our culture, and how amazing you are intuit. Like you're a conduit. Like that's what I'm trying to get to is that you're just this conduit of creative energy and, um, and depth that we just don't see a lot of in, Mm. in these days. And, and, and I'm really, I'm number one, I'm really proud of that. Number two, I just love how deep you are, how (laughs) deep you are in your storytelling and in the way that you connect our people, our journey, uh, our dealings. I mean, with just this modern approach, you feel me? Mm. Um, and, you know, going back, though, to to something that you said earlier about just our refugee status, you know, a lot of people don't know that it wasn't, I mean, it was indirectly because of the Vietnam War, but there was yes. also another war that occurred mm-hmm. in conjunction with the Vietnam War that not many people know about. Can you um, share just a touch about that and and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up? Oh my gosh. So I think what you're asking about is the Laotian civil war and what's been going on in there. I mean, that, that that's really, for me, you know, it's the, the history of the, the nations where we come from. I mean, there's, there's so much to share, right? The, the influence of colonization in those regions, in terms of the French, Indochina and, and taking over Laos and then dividing it up in that way has really, you know, shifted you know, power there. And so I think that's, for me, the thing that has really brought a war kind of within a civil war within our own cultures and communities and family. And so because of that, I think that's some of the main struggles that we have, right? Because it's like, well, when it comes to war, if you can't even trust your own family members, because they might just sell you out because they don't like you, that's very dangerous. That's very dangerous. And so I think that's kind of, again, that when you talk about refugee experience for me is, is that's what it is because, and I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, even within my own family on my mother's side, there were stories of how like my uncles were on the other side and then they were going to tell on my dad, they Mm. would tell on my dad because he was about to escape. And if they knew he was going to escape, he may have been caught and he may have been killed. Killed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that just gives me chills. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, it's, it's that war, you know, that to me has been something that we're all still, I think, unpacking and struggling with. And I feel that what I see and what I have seen is just how younger generations are, you know, having a challenging time with their elder generation and vice versa. And so it's like, how do, and and I'm, I'm hoping (laughs) through the work that I do, uh, being a conduit to offer a door that they can look through and go, oh, that's what 
that's what grandma and grandpa, that's what father and mother are dealing with. That's what they had to deal with, you know, for the younger generation and for the younger generation, for the older generation, actually, to see the other door and go, oh, that's what these young people are having to deal with here in this country, you know? And so how do we find, how can we be that bridge? How can we be that connector? And that's that's me. I'm over the connector. I've been trying you to connect are. people. And not just within our own community, but within other communities, because I yes. think that's important. Yes, that's important. it you is. Know, especially in it, right now, because we are a nation. I mean, I feel a nation of division. And so it's like, how do we find those connections back so that we are thinking as one in one nation? Right. Like what? And what is that? It's hard. I'm Definitely. not going to I'm not, I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say it's easy. It is hard work. And I think, um, you know, I, but I, I'm proud and I am filled with purpose and emboldened, especially during this time in the pandemic where things are just, you know, challenging everybody. Yeah. And so I feel it's a great opportunity to reflect and to look forward and to progress great. as best as we can. So I have one last question for you. With all that being said, what is your vision for Lao people moving forward? In the sense of... My vision. In the sense of, you know, their creative leanings or academic leanings or whatever. My vision is that there is an openness to what being mm. Lao American is, to, to open your eyes to the fact that you can hold both your Lao culture, your American culture, and have it both valued in whatever okay. you do. And actually, there's a lot of merging. There's a lot of that. that and that's, the, and that's mm. the beauty of progress. It's like, you know, um, finding tradition, but also finding progress. Right. How, how, how do you work it together? And I think that that's the challenge that I that I see. But but that's my vision. My vision is I, I'm hoping for more creatives. I'm hoping for more openness, um, you know, for for all the generations uh, now and now and, and forevermore. On. Yes. Ah, well, thank you, Iova, for coming on. Um, it was such a pleasure and a privilege to have you. Um, to learn more about you, where can we find more information about you, your socials, your website, whatever, whatever you want to give? Sure. Uh, website, you can just find our company, uh, www.tira.org. That's Tira Productions. We're also on Instagram as well as Facebook. Uh, and personally, you can just hit me up on Instagram at OG underscore OVA. Uh, because I am an OG <laughs> and uh, on Facebook, you can just, there's only one Ova Salpang so far that I know. If you find another one, please let me know. And I would like to talk to that other Ova Salpang <laughs> if there is one out there. You know, the great thing about Lao people <laughs> is that we're literally one of a kind. Um, um, in case you yes. missed it, please visit www.teada.org. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. I loved having you here, but we're coming to the end of our time. Um, so if you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Asian Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our API community with a voice through media arts. If you'd like to support our program and make a donation, please visit AsianVoicesRadio.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Linda Schwartz. Please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices Radio show. Until then, take care. <laughs>